Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Have you tried finding tickets for any live event lately? It's impossible to keep up and prices are crazy. That's why you have to check out Gold Star. Gold Star makes it easy to discover the best in live entertainment in your city with instant access to awesome events and special ticket deals. Concerts, live theater, comedy, dance, food fests, immersive experiences. You name it, Gold Star has access to special deals you won't find anywhere else with savings of 50% or more. Go to goldstar.com and use code DCPOD to save $10 on your first purchase. That's goldstar.com, code DCPOD to save $10. The following podcast is an exclusive presentation of Project Entertainment Network. The Prolific Writer Podcast, episode number 54, 2018. Are you kidding me? Let's go. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips and advice on writing fast, writing often and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is your Prolific Writer Podcast host, Ryan J. Pelton. And folks, it is 2018. The inaugural, the first, the best, the only first show of 2018, because there can only be one. And however you found us, this is the podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, write often, and write well. I can't believe it's January 2018. And I haven't been on the airwaves, if you will, on the podcast thingy on your ear, in your earbuds for a couple of weeks, took a week off. And so it is good to be back in action for 2018. So how are we doing? We, we okay? We make it through Christmas, the in-laws, the outlaws, the relatives, Do you eat too much, too many cookies, too much eggnog, get some cool gifts, I hope. Hope you had a good time. Christmas, New Year. 
Hope you stayed safe. Hope you had a great 2017 and I hope you have a great 2018 this year. And I know it's this time of year where we begin to pontificate. We begin to reflect where we've been, where we're going. And you're going to see a lot of blog posts. You're going to see a lot of podcasts about setting goals and writing goals. And these are all good things. And there's a lot of good ones out there. Actually, my friends, uh, Armand Rosamilia and Chuck Buddha on the Mondo method have a great episode on goals. You should go check that out on project entertainment network, our family of podcasts that we are part of, and uh, they have some, a good one on goals. They, they talk through kind of their own writing goals and things, and they get very specific about word counts and books and production and all those things. So, um, I wanted to do something not in that vein, but, but something different. I've been, been thinking about. 2018. I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about me and where I've been in 2017, where I've been in the last few years, writing goals, journey. What are we going to do in 2018? And and I think, you know, there's a place for specific word counts and books and all those things and don't don't neglect those things. Um, but but I wanted to get kind of below the surface. It's it's what I like to do. I I, I like to think kind of go a little deeper. And, and think about why do we write? Why do we do what we do? What, what kind of drives us? Where where do we find the the motivation to keep going and doing what we're doing and and all that? And, and I hope this year has been helpful for you. I hope the show's been helpful for you. And uh, today also marks our one year anniversary, and so we've done almost a whole, well, I guess, technically a year of shows. And I'm pretty excited about that that we're still going and people like liking the show and they're telling their friends and leaving reviews. So thank you for all your kind words and all the ways you've been helped and all the great people that have come on the show and interviews and have been really helpful to all of us that are part of this and, and uh, help us in our own writing and learning and growing and, and, and all those things. So uh, look forward to a great 2018. We're going to have a, a lot more guests and, um, but, but I want to come back to this, this idea of goals, this idea of, of, you know, resolutions, if you will. And, you know, I think sometimes as we, we don't get underneath kind of why maybe our goals don't go the way they we'd want them to and, you know, why our resolutions don't go the way we want them to. And, and we're, we're thinking about writing. We're thinking about books. We're thinking about words and things. We're thinking about, you know, maybe you're, I know I have a lot of new writers that are maybe trying to get their first book out in the world and others that are just trying to keep, you know, a decent pace, write a few books a year. And, and, you know, there's people all everywhere in between. And, and that's great. And so wherever you come in, you know, welcome. Uh, but, but sometimes you have to kind of ask the question, you know, what, what's underneath all of that? What, what keeps us going? Um, maybe asking the question, why haven't we finished that first book or, or why is it hard to get a book out into the world? Or why is it hard to finish that blog article or that project? Or what, what, what is, what, what's going on there? Um, maybe you're a seasoned writer. Uh, maybe you've written quite a few things and you just feel that kind of lack of motivation or it's just getting kind of hard. It's not what it once was. And, you know, sometimes I think we find inspiration in interesting places, um, and odd places and maybe places unexpected. And one of those things, as I've been kind of thinking about this episode and kind of working out some ideas for this episode and not wanting to do just the typical goals of the year episode. Um, and I have my own goals and you have your own goals. Um, but I ran across an article, uh, that was really helpful 
And I wanted to share just a couple quotes from this because I think it kind of taps into the creative process. And I think it taps into why we get stuck. Maybe when we've lost some of that motivation, when we've kind of faltered a little bit, or we just feel like, you know, we're just having a hard time getting the words out, getting the books out, maybe our ideas, we feel like the wells run dry, whatever it may be. Um, and, and I want to read this, this quote. Um, and this is from a guy, um, David Foster Wallace, maybe you've heard of him. Now I will say this, he was a professor and he was a novelist and a writer and, um, had a pretty big impact. On a lot of people, he passed away about 10 years ago. He actually committed suicide. So kind of a tragic guy, um, just dealt with depression and, and just a lot of things. And, um, and it was kind of this, this, you know, tortured artist, if you will. And, and, and I don't want to go down that road. I don't, that's not why I'm, I'm reading this quote, but I think he, he taps into something that that's really important. Um, and he, and he talks about, he had some success with, um, some of his novels and, uh, kind of unexpectedly and he got pretty famous. And, and if you've, uh, maybe seen the movie, um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head what the movie is called, but, um, Oh, called the end of the tour where David Foster Wallace goes on this tour and this Rolling Stone, um, guy follows him around and interviews him and talks about fame and just how it was something he didn't really want. Um, but let me read part of this quote and we'll, we'll go from there. And he's talking about when he started writing fiction and how it was and what it was like. And here's what he says in the beginning. When you first start out trying to write fiction, the whole endeavors about fun, you don't expect anybody else to read it. You're writing almost wholly to get yourself off to enable your own fantasies and deviant logics and to escape or transform parts of yourself. You don't like, and it works and it's terrific fun. Then if you have good luck and people seem to like what you do and you actually start to get paid for it and get to see your stuff professionally typeset and bound and blurbed and reviewed and even once being read on AM subway by a pretty girl you don't even know, it seems to make it even more fun for a while. Then things start to get complicated and confusing, not to mention scary. Now you feel like you're writing for other people, or at least you hope so. You're no longer writing just to get yourself off, which, since any kind of... Uh, masturbation is lonely and hollow. It was probably good, but what replaces the onanistic motive you found you very much enjoy having your writing liked by people. And you find you're extremely keen to have people like the new stuff you're doing. The motive of pure personal starts to get supplanted by the motive of being liked, having pretty people you don't know, like you and admire you and think you're a good writer. Onanism gives way to attempted seduction as a motive. Now, attempted suggestion is hard work and it's fun is offset by a terrible fear of rejection. Whatever ego means, your ego has now gotten into the game. Or maybe vanity is a better word because you notice that a good deal of your writing has now become basically showing off, trying to get people to think you're good. This is understandable. You have a great deal of yourself on the line writing. Your vanity is at stake. You discover a tricky thing about fiction writing. A certain amount of vanity is necessary to be able to do it all. But any vanity about that certain amount is lethal. At some point, you find that 90% of the stuff you're writing is motivated and informed by an overwhelming need to be liked. The results in shitty fiction and the shitty work must get fed to the wastebasket, less because of any sort of artistic integrity than simply because shitty work will cause you to be disliked. At this point in the evolution of writerly fun, the very thing that's always motivated you to write now also what's motivating you to feed your writing to the wastebasket. This is a paradox and a kind of double bind. And it can keep you stuck inside yourself for months or even years. 
during which period you wail and gnash and rue your bad luck and wonder bitterly where all the fun of the thing has gone. The smart thing to say, I think, is that the way out of the bind is to work your way somehow back to your original motivation, fun. And if you can find your way back to fun, you will find that the hideously unfortunate double bind of the late vein period turns out really to have been good luck for you. Because the fun you work back in to have been transfigured by the extreme unpleasantness of vanity and fear and unpleasantness you're now so anxious to avoid that the fun you rediscover is a way fuller and more large hearted kind of fun. It has something to do with work as play or with the discovery that disciplined fun is more than impulsive or hedonistic fun or with figuring out that not all paradoxes have to be paralyzing. Under Fun's new administration, writing fiction becomes a way to go deep inside yourself and illuminate precisely the stuff you don't want to see or let anyone else see. And this stuff usually turns out paradoxically to be precisely the stuff all writers and readers everywhere share and respond to, feel. Fiction becomes a weird way to countenance yourself and to tell the truth instead of being a way to escape yourself or present yourself in a way you figure you'll be maximally likable. This process is complicated and confusing and scary and also hard work, but it turns out to be the best fun there is. What a, a profound quote by David Foster Wallace. I'll, I'll put a link in the, the show notes where you can read that because I, I read it fairly quickly there. But what he, he's saying is there does come a point where you lose the fun. Now, depending on where you're at in your journey, you, maybe you're making a few bucks writing books. Maybe you're making a lot of bucks. Uh, maybe you're a known writer. Uh, maybe you've got some notoriety. You've sold a few stories. You've written a few articles. You've gotten some buzz. Some people like what you're doing, wherever you, you are, there's going to come a point where it becomes what I think David Foster Wallace is tapping into is it becomes work. Now, I want us to live in this tension. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of the, the creative hard hat. Um, I should say the hard hat creative. You got to go to work. You got to put on your hard hat. You know, creativity isn't just a muse. It's, it's work. It's discipline. It's putting in the time and, and letting the, the words come even when we don't feel like it. You know, it's, it, but we're also not digging ditches. It's great fun to, to write and to create and to, to share a message with the world. And as you've heard me talk about many times is that especially writing fiction and nonfiction is that a lot of yourself is coming out into the stories. It's the things that you're dealing with, the pain, the struggle, the sorrow, the questions, the fears, the doubts that they come out in your characters. They come out in the storytelling. And so your, your life, your guts are all over the page. And so we don't want to minimize that at all, but I want you to go back to when writing was fun. And I can guarantee you for most writers, I'm amazed how many writers I interview and how many of them started, you know, age five, six, seven, 10, 12, 13 years old. And they had a blast doing it. They knew it was something they wanted to do, whether they got paid or not. They did it for the fun. They did it for the awe. They did it for the joy. And that's where I started in third grade when, uh, or fourth, was it fourth grade, third grade, uh, when, Mrs. Reed gave me that assignment to go tell a story and gave me paper and said, go tell a story and gave us weeks and weeks to work on that one story. And, and I was in, I was hooked. 
Um, and, and that was kind of the seed, but you know, back then I wasn't thinking about being a writer. I wasn't thinking about, you know, writing books. I wasn't thinking about making money from my writing or any of those things, but I, but I did it for the fun of it, the joy of it. She didn't have to tell me, Hey Ryan, you need to go work on your stories. It was just something that I love to do. something I enjoyed to do. It's something that's fun. And I know for me and maybe for you is I, I kind of go in and out of the ebb and the flow of this is just a lot of work and this is fun and it's work. And sometimes it feels like more fun than, than work. It feels more like grind and grunt than fun. But I think one of the, the goals that I'm going to challenge you with, and one of my goals for this year is to, to bring back some of the fun into writing, because I think what it also does. And I think what David Foster Wallace is kind of hinting at is it actually is going to help your writing actually become better. Because I think sometimes we, we make writing into this very serious thing. It's this very serious, um, you know, it's art, it's, it's, it's serious. It's a message we have to share. It's, you know, we don't, we don't mess around with grammar. We don't mess around with words. You know, it's a sacred thing, but, but I think sometimes that can suck the fun out of it. You know, we're, we're obsessing over deadlines. We're obsessing over just getting the right phrase or the right word or the right idea. And yet often that can hold us back. We, we lose the fun. We lose the fun of showing up and letting our imaginations go wild or, or trying to communicate some kind of message that we want to share with the world that hopefully it'll help someone in some way, shape or form. But we lose that fun, you know, it becomes about contracts and publishing and editing and, and all the, the things that are part of it. And that's all part of it, but we lose the, the, the fun, the joy that's behind it. And I think when we lose the, the fun and the joy is that part of us doesn't come out onto the page that the, the way of expressing our true self doesn't come out on the page because when it's not fun anymore, as Wallace hinted at is that he began to write for an audience. He began to write for the applause of someone or sometimes the worst thing that happens to us is we have a little bit of success because people go, Oh, he's really good. Oh, he, he or she is really good. And, and, and they're good storytellers or they write good books or whatever. And then you have this expectation. Now I got to be good, right? I, I have to people to like me. I ha they have to follow me. They have to sign up to my newsletter. They have to buy my books. They have to tell their friends. Right. And, and it becomes this obsession with, do they like me? Am I good? Can I keep doing it? Right. And it, it, the fun is, is sucked out of it. Now I began to kind of reflect on this and thought, you know, is this, is this doable? Is this a reality? Is this something that we can do? I mean, do we have any evidence that this actually works? And, and one of the things that I, I began to think about was a couple of my favorite writers and people that are fairly accessible as far as articles and YouTube videos and interviews and things. And, and one of those as you've heard me talk on the show many times is one of my favorite authors is Stephen King. And one of the reasons I, I like Stephen King is not because I love every, every one of his books. Cause I don't, it is actually just because he's, he's a very down to earth and very um, accessible person who loves to promote literature and promote writing. And I, and I think that's very similar for me is that I, I want my kids to read. I want them to write. I want them to create. And, and he just really has a, a heart to do that. And, um, you know, has a heart for libraries and I do too. And just want to see, you know, kids 
um, and adults uh, read and write and create. I think, you know, leaders, the best leaders are readers. And, um, and, and I think it's an important part of just being human is, is, is reading and writing and, and those things, but that, that's here or there. But, but one of the things that I think Stephen King is, is very interesting about is that if you listen to his interviews closely and you read his books, you know, even his memoir, you know, on writing is he really does write because he enjoys it. He, he says it's the greatest high that, you know, he's ever had. Um, that one of the things he talks about when he was addicted to drugs was that when he lost the high of drugs, he was worried that he wouldn't get the high from writing that he had anymore and, and realized that that wasn't the case. But you now take this with a grain of salt. Obviously he's made millions and millions of dollars. So maybe, you know, that keeps him motivated too, which helps. But when you listen to him in his interviews, he he's not obsessed with do the readers like me? Do people like me? I think he really just loves telling stories and enjoys the process. Uh, another one of my, my favorite writers that I've learned a lot from, and he's pretty open about his writing craft and helping writers is, is Joe R. Lansdale. And Joe talks about the same thing. He just says, you know, I'm not, I rarely have writer's block. I, I rarely get up in the morning and, and just say, Oh, I have to write because he just sees it as great fun. And he doesn't seem to obsess over, do people like my writing? Do people like my books? You know, he doesn't obsess of, do people like me? Do they, is the audience like, you know, granted, of course he wants to sell books. He wants to provide for his family, of course. But one of the, the greatest advice that he's ever given that I've heard him say was write like everybody's dead. <laughs> In other words, don't care what people think. Don't, don't care about the likes. Don't care about the audience, right? Because you have to write, right? Because it's fun. And I, and I think if we exchange fun for love and love for fun, I think writing for the love, and that's really where I started this podcast was writing for the love of, of, of writing because you love it, writing because you have to writing because you would write if you never made a nickel writing for the love, writing for the fun. I think those are the things that will keep us motivated in 2018, because I think underneath that is once we obsess over the likes, once we obsess over, do they think I'm good? Am I any good? I think we're sunk already. And so it's important to have word count goals. It's important to have, you know, schedule your writing. It's important to have production goals and to say, Hey, I want to write this many books, but I, I don't want you to obsess over. I don't want you to lose sleep over, you know, do people like me? Do they think it's good? And, and worry about that is I want us to bring back into 2018, the fun of writing another virtual mentor and acquaintance who I've had on the show. Dean Wesley Smith constantly talks about this idea of fun. He says, is you have to have fun writing. You can't take it too seriously. Because I think the other thing is, and I've heard a few writers talk about this too, is, is, is not to see your work as this precious thing, you know, this, this masterpiece, this great American novel, this, this work that's just came down from heaven and everybody needs to read it. I, I think when we get too precious with things, I think we get too hung up on that one thing and we, we kind of stop working on it. We stop stretching, we stop growing and we st stop moving on to the next thing. And I, and I think if you can shift your mindset and shift your kind of heart towards fun and love of writing and kind of getting back into tapping into that 
eight-year-old, that nine-year-old, that 13-year-old, that they just loved telling stories regardless if anyone ever heard it or read it. When we kind of get back to that place, I think what we're going to find is, is that motivation to keep going. Even when we say, Hey, I think this is a really good book or, Hey, I don't think it worked that well. Or, Hey, I don't, I think the story's great. Or maybe it wasn't that great. Or I know I can do better is we don't get so stuck on that thing. Because I just talked to a guy the other day. I mean, this is almost a weekly conversation emails me and says, you know, I'm just busy with life. And I just have this book I've been working on for years and years and years and years and years. Now, I don't know this guy personally, and, and it, it, you know, obviously we're all busy and we have life things, but, but sometimes, you know, we get stuck on that one book, that one idea, that one story that we're like, this is the one, this is the thing that's going to get me where I need to be. And probably in that time he could have written, you know, 10 different stories or written five different books is we we make it too precious. And I think when we make things too precious, we've forgotten the fun, we've forgotten the awe, we've forgotten the wonder, the love of why we even do it. Because we're not digging ditches, folks. We're not curing cancer. But your story matters. And that's why I have this podcast, is, is I believe stories matter. And I want people to tell their stories. And I think there's some powerful stories that are out there. And, and there are people even listening to my voice today that are, are, are going to 2018 is going to be that year. They're going to get that novel done. They're going to finish that story. They're going to ship it out. They're going to get published. They're going to, you know, make more money than they did last year, whatever it is. And, 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 and I want you to do that. And I want you to, to charge hard after that. But the thing that's going to keep you going now and a long, long time when others fade away is the fun, the joy, the, the, the keeping on because it's not about an audience. It's not about the likes. We, we, people need to die to this stuff. We are too obsessed with Facebook likes and comments and living and dying by what people think of us. And it's just not a sustainable way to live. And especially it's not a sustainable way to have a writing career on any level. I know a lot of professional writers, Joe R. Lansdale being one of them, as I mentioned before, doesn't read his reviews, doesn't care. And I love that because I think amateurs obsess over the reviews. And I know I can get in trouble for that and say, well, I read my reviews so I can get better. But I, but I think what you do is you say, well, so-and-so said this, so I'm going to try to write to that. I'm going to correct that. And I don't think that's good because reviews are so subjective they can be so subjective. I know they can be helpful at times, but they also can be just very subjective. I mean, if they're editing, you have editing problems or spelling problems or grammar problems in your book, and that's a critique. Okay, that's that can be fixed. That's easy to fix. But, you know, I don't like this kind of story. I don't like this. I used a bad word, whatever it is. Th those things aren't that helpful. And I think if we obsess over those things and we live by those things, then we're going to lose the fun. We're going to care more about what do the reviewers say? What does the audience say? What does my mom think? What does my dad think? What does my brother think? And it's going to kill our productivity. It's going to kill our joy. It's going to be hard to get to the writing desk every day. So we need to bring back the fun people. We need to bring back the fun. So I want to say just a couple more things before we, we close out this inaugural episode of 2018. 
is one is I don't want to just leave you there. We're just, let's bring back some of the fun. And I think we need to do that. I think that's going to be at least my theme for the year is just to bring back the fun of writing and, and not to obsess over the, the reviews and the, the things and the, what have you. So I want to give just a, a couple little pieces of, of advice um, because I think underneath that is we have to get to the writing desk. We have to get to the laptop. We have to, you know, get into a place where we can actually have the fun. <laughs> and I wrote a article recently on this. Um, and I just talked about practice, just a simple thing. Now this is nothing profound, but until we have a writing practice for 2018, some way, shape or form, a consistent writing practice doesn't mean you have to write every single day, but, but a consistent time of writing, we're not going to be able to do this. And I want to, um, give you a couple of these tips because I want you to have fun writing and I, but I won't want you to get to a place where you can actually do this on a consistent basis. And I'm going to give you kind of a couple, a couple ideas here. And one very, uh, I think important tip, if you will, that could help a lot of you that might be stuck. Uh, maybe you're stuck in 2017, but 2018 might be your year to get unstuck. Two simple things. One is choose a time for your writing, choose a time and put it on the calendar. Very, very simple. Now that may sound like, Oh geez, that's so simple. But, but here's the thing I can guarantee you most writers professional or non-professional. If you're professional, you probably just have a, a, a better rhythm, but if you're trying to write more, produce more hit deadlines, things like that is put your writing time on the calendar. I don't know why we don't do this. Um, and I think it's sometimes what happens is the writing gets fixed. I should say slotted in when everything else is already full, but you got to schedule it. Like you'd schedule it any other appointment, make it sacred this year. Hey, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, while the kids are at school from eight to 10, that's my writing time. Nobody's going to bother me. I'm going to go, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to the coffee shop. I'm going to go wherever. And I'm going to write and just, Hey, if anyone says, Hey, can you meet me at the time? Say, Nope. Got a meeting. Can't do it. That's when I'm writing. Sorry. You don't have to tell me writing. Just say, Nope. Got an appointment. It's my writing time. It's my thingy. It's my, my time to go. I'm going to go have some fun. I'm going to go write, put it on the calendar. And I'd say probably for a lot of us that are kind of floundering around and saying, well, when the kids are this or this slows down, then maybe I'll do it, but just put it on the calendar. And, and I would say with that is know your season of life. That's going to dictate a lot where your writing time gets slotted in. If you have young family and they get up at four in the morning, you're probably not going to wake up at three slotted at a different time. Maybe you need to write over lunchtime. Maybe you need to write when the kids are in bed. Maybe you need to write, um, you know, late at night. Um, that, that's one of my favorite times is just, you know, kids go to bed early. My wife goes to bed fairly early. And so I'll, I'll find some time in the evening to get up an hour or two in, get some words done. You just have to know your season of life and that's going to shift, you know, kids, no kids, depending on where you live, depending on your health, all those kinds of things, but you have to know yourself, but you got to put it on the calendar. Okay. So even while you're thinking, you're listening to me say, you know, when is a good time to write? I know writers, I've interviewed writers that they only write on weekends. They just crank out. They just have more time on the weekends and they crank out books on the weekends. They crank out words on the weekends and that's just their time. Others it's, they don't write ever on the weekends. The weekends are just for family and rest. 
and fun and, and errands and everything else. And so during the week, they, they make sure they get their time in. Um, so, so schedule that. in. And then secondly is I find this to be helpful as if you can find a consistent place to write. Now I know that could change every day, but, but if there is a place, a physical space that you, and you might have to experiment with this a little bit is, is do that. You know, if it's your office, if it's your writing office, if it's, you know, a conference room, if it's, you know, a, a certain couch, uh, I was just listening to a interview with Michael Connelly, you know, famous author of the Harry Bosch, uh, novels. And, um, he writes on a couch, he's got a couch that he sits with his laptop. I mean, Hey, that works for him. That's just what he does. But I think there's something about a place, a physical place, because it trains your body to say, at this time, in this space, at this place, I'm going to write. It's like a trigger. And I know for me, that's typically, I, I write in some different places, but but I have some consistent places that I go, and it's your body kind of goes, oh yeah, that's when I do that writing thing. And you you know you want it to be comfortable, you want it to work for you, and you have to experiment. Some people like a lot of noise; they like to go to coffee shops and kind of be with people, and you know, or put on their headphones or whatever. Um, some like total silence. Some like offices. Some like to go right in the park. Some you know that that's irrelevant. You have to kind of experiment, and see what's yours. But try to find a consistent time, as I said earlier, and then find a consistent place where you say this is the time. This is where I I do the writing thing, and this is where I'm going to have lots of fun. And I'm going to put it on the calendar and I'm going to find a place. I'm going to make it my place. And that's, that's where I go, you know? And I think with these things is it helps to tell other people say, Hey, I'm setting some goals for 2018. I, I want to have a consistent writing time and a consistent place. I just want to let my loved ones know that. So they don't bother me <laughs> while I'm doing that. Um, you know, maybe, you know, go lock yourself in your bedroom or lock yourself in your, your office or whatever and say, that's, that's, time for daddy or mommy to write. So time and a place. Now, one more thing, I I just been kind of thinking on this, and this is something that I learned from failure is when I started writing, um, had a lot of stories, had a lot of books, had a lot of starts and stops, never had anything published, never had anything out in the world. Um, just a lot of hiccups and nothing really, really going is I had about 50, probably close to 50 manuscripts, different levels of finished of some just started and stopped novels, some pieces, some all over the place, some just messes, whatever it may be. Um, but one of the things that I found encouraging and helpful is if you're at a place where you just really haven't finished a whole lot of things is I want your goal for 2018 to be to finish something, anything. And what I mean by this is that most likely, unless you're just starting and you don't really have anything going, is I bet you have a story, you have part of a book, you have maybe even a finished manuscript on your hard drive or written out that you could finish that's worth finishing. Now, this may not be your best thing. It may not be the greatest thing ever, but there's something about finishing something that you started. And I've talked a lot about this on the show. I've written about this is go and find something that you can finish. And, and there, there could be some, and, and there's a couple of reasons why I want you to do this. It's, it's just a great encouragement. You know, I know early on, I, one of my first books, it was just a bunch of blog posts that I put together and put into a book and I, I flushed them out and I, I changed it and made it better and things like that. 
but I was, I was always looking for, okay, how do I even do this? How do I find, you know, where do I find material? What, what, you know, felt like I was starting from, from scratch. And, and I realized, Hey, I'd written all these posts on leadership and I wrote this book on leadership. That was one of the first things I ever finished years ago. And they're just blog posts. Um, so you have material, you have content, you have ideas, you have, you have snippets here and there is to say, is there something that you could kind of pull together? Is there, is there a manuscript that's maybe a first draft that you just need to run through again? And, and, you know, one of my first novels, that was what happened to me. It, it sat for two years, but it was, it was done, you know, first draft. And so it was going back and, and, you know, rewriting some things and editing and polishing and making it changing some things. And, and, and rather than reinvent the wheel, rather than starting over, I took something that was usable and I, I finished it. So is there something that you have that you could finish some ideas, some manuscripts, find those things and let 2018 be that year that you finish that thing, whatever that thing is. So prolific writer nation this year is going to be the year of fun. I want you to have so much fun writing. I, I just, I think in the, in the, the climate of our day, I think of politically, I think of morally, I think of all the kind of things going around in your neighborhood and my neighborhood and our country and our world, pain, struggle, sorrow is, is we have to get back to making good art and having fun with it. I think there's, there's just this beauty, this outlet, this, this thing that, you know, I think is God ordained, God given that that we can express ourselves, we can create, and we can have a lot of fun doing it and, and not take ourselves so seriously. I, th I think, yes, there is pain and, and we're not, we're not joking about the problems of our lives or joking about, you know, suffering and, and, you know, pain of politics and wars and, and famine and everything else. But I want us to have lots of fun because I know having fun and enjoying what we get to do is contagious and it's encouraging and it's inspiring. And I know that it's going to keep us going in the hard times that it's just stinking a lot of fun to do what we get to do. And writing is a lot of fun and I want you to have a lot of fun. So you're going to be hearing more from me. I have some great, uh, episodes, I should say interviews, uh, this year, of course, we'll have tons of interviews. Um, but I'm going to work in some more of my own, insights and thoughts. And, um, I've had some good feedback on that when I've done these episodes and when it's just me. And, uh, so I, hopefully you're encouraged to have a lot of fun in 2018. I'd love to hear what you're working on. I'd love to hear how I can encourage you. If you have any questions or anybody you want me to bring on the show, please let me know. You can find me prolific writer, or I should say writer prolific at writer prolific on Facebook or Twitter. You can email me. If you go to the website, the prolific you can contact me very easily. Shoot me an email, shoot me a note. Love to hear what's going on in your world. Love to hear what you're working on, how you, I could encourage you in some way. And Hey, and thank you so much for the first year of the show. It's been such a blessing and such an encouragement to be, to be able to do this. And I've met some incredible people along the way. Um, so thankful to be part of the project entertainment network. Um, so go check out their shows, project entertainment network.com. Uh, I don't know the exact number, but I know we're getting close to 25 or 30 podcasts on a variety of subjects. And as always, we today are sponsored by, and this show is brought to you by subculture, excuse me, subculture corsets and clothing. 
So if you go to subculturecorsets.com and at checkout, if you put the prolific writer, you'll get 10% off on your next purchase. Excuse me. I cannot talk subculturecorsets.com. We'll put that in the show notes, put in the prolific writer. You'll get 10% off 10% off. I cannot talk. I'm, I'm giving up. But if you are looking for steampunk, gothic apparel, retro corsets, a lot of cool stuff. My friend Armana Rosamilia, all his books are there too. Some signed copies, some cool stuff. Just go check out their website, subculturecorsets.com. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for making this possible. And we're so thankful for them. If you're in the Jacksonville, Florida area, stop by the actual store. It's just off I-95. And if not, you can always go on the webbies and check them out. So thank you everybody for stopping by the prolific writer show today. This is your host, Ryan J. Pelton. I just have one word to say before I go, I should say two. have fun this year and your writing and to go get those words on the page. And I'll talk to you real, real soon. Once upon a time, a madman, poet, and thief known as John Urbansick, that's me, challenged himself, myself, to write a story a day, every day, for a year, by hand. Some of them worked. Some of them failed. Some of them were spectacular. Then I did it again. Join me every week for Ink Stains as I do it a third time. And I will read you some of these stories. I'll talk about the process, about creativity in general, writing in specific, and maybe I can help ignite your artistic adventures. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.